Thank you, Jesus. Kind of quiet, but don't be afraid. It's all good. So we have no smaller saints this morning, but we do have the nursery, I believe, downstairs. Nobody's telling me no, so I'm assuming it's there. Good. Awesome. Well, the Lord is faithful. I've entitled this morning's word, Reliant. And um, he wants us to rely upon the spirit of wisdom and wisdom and revelation, knowledge of Jesus Christ. And uh, we're going to read some word today, and he wants to strengthen He wants to strengthen our understanding, our spiritual knowledge, the wisdom that we have, the revelation that we have, the understanding that we have, the discernment that we have, the knowing that we have. He wants to strengthen our resolve to encounter the Lord, to really know him. We don't want to know just about him. But God always desired that we would have a personal, close, intimate, living relationship with him. And the good news is that our relationship with God is meant to grow and increase just like the marriage union between the husband and wife. You're not just supposed to stay where you were when you first got married, (laughs) It's supposed to grow. You're supposed to grow deeper in love and maturity and knowing one another until the Lord takes us home, correct? Well, so it is with the father. From the father to the children, when we have all of our babies and we're a fruitful bunch around here, um, and we have all these babies and those babies will grow. They will mature. They're going to grow up. And as they grow up, the desire is that even with the family, they will grow deeper and more in love with the family that they've been born into. And when you get married, leave and cleave, they say, but that does not destroy the family unit. Okay, what a heritage of mothers and fathers and grandfathers and grandmothers and great-grandmothers and great-grandfathers and great-great-greats. And in heaven, it's just one big reunion. (laughs) <laughs> and even with people, we have no idea who they are. And they, some say, they say, well, I was in your, flood, in your bloodline. Like, That's awesome. High five. I don't know who you are, but hallelujah. You're saved and we're all here. That's all that matters. Well, so it is with the family of God. And so I want you to hear that religion can make something like, I did that once. I know that. I've been there and done that. And I've read that scripture a thousand times, but yet the Holy Spirit takes us into the depth, the length, the width, the height, the assurance of God's love. He reveals from glory to glory, faith to faith. So the kingdom is one of increase. I say this all the time. The kingdom of God will never decrease. You cannot stop it, nothing. There's no end to his word, to his kingdom, to his rule, and to his reign. He's forever and ever and ever. But there is an end to the kingdom of darkness. It is actually decreasing. 
even though it says that darkness and deep darkness will covers the earth, but it says, but the glory of the Lord will rise upon you because the glory of the Lord is always greater than the darkness, okay? So it's an ever increasing kingdom. So as we read what the Spirit says to encourage us today, we have to always remember this is an ever-increasing kingdom. So increase in me, Lord. Increase in me. We all want to know Jesus the way the Father has intended us to, and that is perfect love. And His perfect love casts out fear because fear is the number one thing that plagues humanity. It's truth. Fear. And the greatest one was the fear of death, which Jesus annihilated when he rose from the dead. It says that he went back in, he got the keys of hell, death, and the grave. Hallelujah. Okay. And so the revelation of Jesus Christ that the Spirit chose to name the very last book in your Bible it's not about just Armageddon, beloved. It's not. It's a revelation that's been written from the living Christ, the one who has the eyes of fire, who is raised and eternal and the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So when we talk about, I just want to grow in the knowledge and the revelation of Jesus Christ, it can become rote, religious, or dead. And I don't want that. And I don't want that for any of us. We want to have a heart that is soft, that is moldable, that is open. And in Revelation 1 through maybe 2 and 3, it talks about those who have an ear to hear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying. He didn't say what the Spirit said. What the Spirit is saying. And so the Spirit is always speaking to the church of the living God. And so is this glorious? So I'm just getting our hearts to the place of positioning that what he says, I need you to rely upon the spirit of revelation knowledge of Jesus Christ. You're like, well, I thought I already did that. Yes, <clears throat> and there's more. And you're gonna need more, okay? We need to rely upon. Rely means to depend on, trust in, on, or upon. Trust is a hard thing to come by nowadays. And once someone breaks your trust, it's kind of rough, isn't it? When you've put your trust or you confided in someone and that was broken somehow, betrayed somehow, Division came in somehow and broke your heart. Even like first loves, at least somebody's got one story, at least one country song of someone who broke their heart, blessed their heart. Right, Lauren? So we understand what relationships can do in this life, but not with Jesus Christ. Not with Jesus Christ. His passion is for you. That's why we sing these love songs. Okay, his passion is for his bride, and the church is his bride, soon to be wife, do you understand, who will rule and reign forever with him. And so now on this side of glory, we have the opportunity to grow into, to be taken up into, rise above it, and come into that revelation knowledge of the one we call Savior, husband, king. Redeemer, right? 
the blessed one that's coming again for us. And I've always said this, I want our hearts to always beat as one. I believe that the Spirit would want the bride ready. Lots of theological debates about when Jesus is coming again for his church. Here's the key, take it. Be ready now, want him now, look for him now, long for him now, love him now, surrender to him now. And if he knocks on your door at midnight or one or two, you are ready. That's the key. That's the heart of it all. Stewardship. We're supposed to be about our father's business. Working. I've got work to do. We've got lots of work to do. <clears throat> we all know at least one person that's not saved. And we know many more that need to come into the kingdom and do the work and join in the work. Many laborers that are out there just ready to be plucked and brought in. And when they come in, they're going to come in on fire. And they're going to come in, and it took you 20 years to get to that point. They're going to come in ready because of the acceleration of the Spirit's grace for the moment. And those that might squeak in in the last hour are going to end up doing that kingdom work for the Father. And the Scripture says that they are going to be given the same reward as those who have been laboring. And we're talking one generation to the next. You hear the Father's heart? Increase. So he says, I need you to rely upon the spirit of revelation knowledge of Jesus Christ. Rely, trust, depend on. Let him have that work in you. And when you go through trials and tribulations, you're like, the first thing you do is cry out to God. Wait, we've got this down. We know how to do this right? Mama, you know, it doesn't matter. It's just we need help. We cry out, right? We cry out to God. We cry out to him. Even in our sins, we cried out one time and he opened our eyes and he gave us revelation knowledge of Jesus Christ and we were born again. Cry out, cry out, cry out. And somewhere in there, the spirit, whew, came and we were born again from above, right? And that was just the beginning. And I'm not content just to say, well, hallelujah, I'm saved. Though that's a powerful word. Saved actually means you're given eternal life. Saved means that you are healed, that there is healing, physical, spiritual, emotional. There is deliverance, there is freedom. There is liberty. We don't have to stay bound. We can be free from sin. Do you understand? There is a prosperity, which is a wholeness, a perfect peace. It is a shalom peace. Salvation is greater than just when I die, I go to heaven one day. Jesus died for us to have this. You can read Isaiah 53 for homework. The revelation of Jesus Christ is always growing in us and he's taking us from glory to glory. So y'all go to Isaiah 50. Say increase. That's right. So he wants us to rely. He's sharpening our swords, deepening our faith, strengthening our faith, encouraging us this morning. Isaiah 50, 
verse 10. I'm going to read it out of the New King James first. He says, Who among you fears the Lord? Who obeys the voice of his servant? Who walks in darkness and has no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely upon his God. This is written through the prophet Isaiah. Who among you fears the Lord? Who obeys the voice of his servant, which could be his servant, Jesus, or the prophet, the servant of the Lord himself? Who walks in darkness and has no light? Well, let him trust in the name of the Lord. I love how that's first. Trust. Trust. Trust in the name of the Lord, the very essence of who he is. And rely upon his God. Then it got personal. You're trusting in the name of the Lord to save, to come, and then you have to rely upon. When babies are born, they're relying upon their mother and their father, correct? So as we are born again from above, we are immediately placed into his arms of love. And we are totally dependent upon him for everything. You understand that? So we're going to trust in the name of the Lord. We're going to rely upon his God. So this is out of the Passion Translation. I'm going to read the same verse. The Passion Translation says, Who among you has true fear and reverence of Yahweh? Who of you listens to the voice of his servant? Are any of you groping in the dark without light? Let him trust in the faithful name of Yahweh and rely upon his God. That's very descriptive, and it gives us a beautiful picture of what it looks like on this side of glory. Sometimes, anybody ever woken up in the middle of the night, it's really, really dark in the house, and you're just kind of going by faith, like where the light is in the bathroom. Remember? You know. You know what I'm talking about. You're walking down the hall, going to the baby's room, three in the morning. You know, you're, you got your hand, and you find everything, and you're half awake. You're, you're relying upon, you understand in your own mind, even where the house, how it's all laid out, don't we? Well, it's like that even with the father at first. You're so dependent on them, and you recognize where he is, where he's been, where the touch is, what I know, what I have experienced. I know this about him. I can trust that he will be faithful here. He's there. As a matter of fact, he's down the hall. He's around the corner. He's out the street. Do you understand? He's always there. And so, no matter what we do in this life, it's all about that relationship of trust. And we go through multitude of trials and testings. And all of it, God will use to strengthen our faith to bring revelation knowledge of who he is. Every bit of it. Nothing's wasted. Say, nothing's wasted. Okay, so go to Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. We're going to start on verse 17. This is the Apostle Paul praying for the church. We use this prayer. It's a strong apostolic prayer that we continue to pray over ourselves and his body and his people. So in verse 17... 
the prayer says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. You can feel the weight on that. It went beyond, I just want to know God. But yet the human heart often says, I just want to know God. When I first was being drawn by the Spirit to salvation, all I knew to do was just go to church. That's where we, most of us started. And in front of a whole bunch of board of elders trying to do whatever it takes to get there, to join the church, I had to meet with them. And, and I said, out of my spirit, when I knew nothing, I said, I just want to know the Lord. I couldn't make that up. It didn't even come from me. I didn't even know to say that. Now, maybe some of y'all knew that, but I didn't. But it came from my spirit man that the father of spirits has the answer. And my spirit said, I need to know my father. I just need to know the Lord. You hear that? It was not in my knowledge. It was not learned information. Nobody taught that to me. I just went to church. You get it? But the Spirit is saying, you need to know me. You need revelation of me. You need understanding of me. That's why this will take you from here off the charts every time you pray it in faith. Believing that the Holy Ghost is there to impart to you and to bring you into that place. It can become religious. I've got this memorized. I don't want it memorized. I want to know Jesus here. You understand that? And as you know him, you're memorizing the scripture. You hear it? The God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all glory. Would he give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus? He continues in verse uh, 18. He continues and says, as a matter of fact, may the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. That you would know what is the hope of his calling. And what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Oh, what a family. Oh, what a family. Yes. The riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints. This is powerful. Scripture says that Jesus became poor that you might become rich. This is what he's talking about. Oh, to know the depth of his heart and who he is and his house and his family and his kingdom forever. 
This is our inheritance. <laughs> Amen? Lord, open the eyes of my understanding. Open my spiritual eyes. Open, open my eyes. Illuminate my understanding. And if it's dead, raise it from the dead. But I need to go further. I need to know in whom I'm believing. I want to see you. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. That seeing is an inward sight. It's the spirit in the person seeing God, hearing God, knowing God, being one with God. It's intimacy. It's oneness. It's unity of the spirit the bond of peace. It's resurrection power. It's, it is just revelation that you cannot come up with on your own. And when he speaks to you daily, which he speaks daily, by the way, 24-7, God is always speaking and we're training and learning how to hear his voice. He knows how to get your heart. He knows how to win you over, Right? But he's always speaking. Those who have ears to hear. That's what Jesus said. Those who have ears to hear. Let them hear. What the Spirit is saying. And that's where we are. To know the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints. And the apostle here saw some things that was coming because it was coming out of him. And it wasn't just reading the end of the book and going, when we go to heaven one day, we're going to go to heaven one day. And one day we're going to go to heaven. There was something that the Spirit put in his being that he literally laid down his life for. And it was the inheritance laid up for Jesus Christ. And we are that inheritance. He is our inheritance, but we are his inheritance. You understand? It's all about God. Verse 19, he continues, if it couldn't get any better, he prays that we would know what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. Not just power to go heal the sick, but the greatness of his power towards us. God's power towards us. God's power was manifested so strong he pulled us out of hell. Okay, we had a death sentence, you know that. Without hope right? And God's power towards you translated you out of the darkness, out of the kingdom of Satan, took you out of there and translated it and put you in the kingdom of heaven forever, sealed, right? The power towards us who believe, who believe, and it's always growing according to the working of his mighty power. See, and the church needs to know his mighty working power, Daily, not just when you go on the outreach, not just when you go on a mission, not when you're going to try to pray for that family member that needs healing. It is a daily encounter with the God of heaven, knowing his power. When one of his servant beings called angels just came near a human, you know what they did? They all fell flat on their face. In scripture, Every one of them. They were not Jesus, and they were not God, and they were not the Holy Ghost. They were the ministering servants of fire who had been with God forever. And they carry his presence. So when he walks near and comes in the room, that's what they do. 
And then they have to touch them and say, be of good courage. You know, be not afraid. <laughs> Here, drink this. You'll be all right. Whatever. Rise to your feet. You know what I'm trying to say? You're talking power encountering human flesh. But yet the Lord is praying for us to know his mighty working power. Permission to know. And when you know him, you see him working towards you. And that removes the dull daily grind of your devotional time and reading your Bible and doing those classes you're supposed to be doing, right? Catch up, catch up. It is God working towards us to bring us into that revelation knowledge. He's working towards us to bring us into the revelation knowledge of Jesus Christ every day, every day, every day, as soon as we're born, okay? That's the movement from heaven. So we can rely upon the spirit of revelation knowledge of Jesus. I can rely and depend on and trust in. I can trust in and upon him. He knows exactly about my calling. He knows what I'm called to do. He knows when our last breath will take place. He knows our future before the foundation of the world. He knows every cell in our bodies. Yes, he knows us. He knows us. And he is working. What is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? It's, he loves us. It's the love of God. It's the intimacy of God, according to the working of his mighty power, in which he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead. Here's your resurrection. And seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. That's the finished work. The finished work of the cross raised him from the dead. And because he was the firstborn, we too will have resurrected bodies one day. Hallelujah. One day. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Far above, verse 21, all principalities and power, might and dominion, every name that is named not only in this age, but also in that which is to come, he will never lose his place of authority, ever. And of all the spiritual dominions and thrones, principalities and powers and angelic orders, all of Satan's principality powers and his fallen angels, he is the head king now. We're seated with him in heavenly places now, the scripture says in Ephesians 2. We've been given his authority now on the earth to do the will of the Father, to do the same works of Jesus, and he said, in greater works you will do. To save, heal, deliver, to raise up, to do his mighty wonders, to host his presence. You hear that? And so... He's saying, well, what time is it? Rely upon the spirit of revelation knowledge of Jesus Christ? Well, what time is it? Rely upon the spirit of revelation knowledge of Jesus Christ? Really, where are we in the timeline? Rely upon the spirit of revelation knowledge of Jesus Christ? What am I going to do tomorrow? Rely upon the spirit of revelation knowledge of Jesus Christ? What am I going to do in 20 years? Rely upon the spirit of revelation knowledge of Jesus Christ? But we are growing deeper, higher. Man, wowza. You know what that means. That's deep. 
Verse 22, it says he put all things under his feet. He gave him to be the head over all things to the church and which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. That's our position. Now go to John 8. John 8, verse 12, very simple verse. John 8, verse 12, says, Then Jesus spoke to them again, and he said, I am the light of the world, and he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. I am the light of the world. In Isaiah, he asked a question. He says, Who among you fears the Lord? First question. Because it's the fear of the Lord that's the beginning of wisdom. It's the fear of the Lord that gets you saved, right? It's a fear of the Lord that's going to open the entrance into God's heart, right? Without the fear of the Lord, you are in darkness, period. So Jesus is saying, I'm the light of the world, right? He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but you will have the light of life. We are to trust in the name of the Lord. We are to rely upon his God. He is the light of the world. And, and, and you know, it just from time to time, you go through these encounters in the spirit world where you're like, the, the dark ones, the evil ones are screaming out in terror because of the light. Because of the light. Because they are the kingdom of darkness. And when you just walk up, the kingdom of heaven is illuminating from you. Whether you see it or not. Because he is the light of the world. And I'm following him. And that light of life is consuming me. Before me. Within me. Behind me. Beside me. And every area around me. That light is illuminating and if you watch the movie on the dark side, you can see it. And those that have been in darkness could say, oh no, this is what would happen when you would walk up to me. Right? Go to John 12. This is way bigger than a flashlight. Right? <laughs> John 12, verse 46. He says, I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. Mm -hmm. I have come as a light into the world and whoever believes in him should not walk in darkness. So when there's areas in our soul that are from the darkness we were born in, you know, sin, Habits, strongholds, burdens, yokes, fears, iniquity, patterns, doubt, unbelief, greed, vices, you know, that area that Holy Spirit is delivering our soul from to bring us into revelation knowledge of Jesus Christ. When he goes in there and pulls that fear out of you, pulls those lies out of you, pulls those sin out of you, pulls those areas of compromise out of you, 
and fills it with himself, that <laughs> is an ongoing salvation. Be being saved. That's what it means. Paul mentioned that in Philippians. It is an eternal work that God is doing in us. And when we see him, we will be like him. When we see him face to face. Amen? Go to Psalm 28. He says, rely upon. Rely upon. So it's one thing to know about it. But he's asking you to stir up and look at your heart and see how you're relying upon. Psalm 28, verse 7. It says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song I will praise him. I just pulled a few here. The whole Bible's full of these kind of verses. And then we get worried. And then you rely upon your own what? Strength. It's like default. And the spirits go, mm -mm. right? <laughs> the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him. And I am helped. You hear it? My heart relied upon him. And help came. Help came. That's all he's waiting on. You can't do it. <laughs> oh, my heart is willing. Oh, God, help me. He says, I will. Look to me. This will never change. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, relied on him, and I am helped. And you need to put that in your mouth. I am helped. Right? You can sing those songs. Help is on the way. Right. But I am helped. I am helped. I am delivered. I am saved. I am healed. That. It changes everything. And it shows God where I'm relying even as he's working this out in my life. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices. There's your joy that you have in the Lord. And I'll just praise him. I will sing my song to him. And that's what it's going to cause, worship. Skip over to Psalm 62. Going deeper. Psalm 62, verse 8. He says, trust in him at all times, you people. <laughs> I think that's funny. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Oh, you feel the strength in that? And when I make disciples and teaching and helping, instructing and do what we do, I constantly encourage the saints, tell the Lord everything. You don't go in there disrespectfully. <laughs> he already knows everything you're going through, your thoughts from afar. But where we get in trouble and we get hardened hearts is because we keep it in. 
It's like you become a recluse and then you come into your own strength because you haven't poured out your heart to the Lord. You haven't gone to rely upon the spirit of revelation knowledge of Jesus. You're still trying to work it out on your own because you're still keeping it all to yourself. I keep it all to myself. No, no, no. I pour all of it out before the Lord. I tell him everything. Happy, sad, trials, brokenness, trouble, fears. It does not matter. You tell him everything. Just you and him. Just you and him. You don't have to go through another to get there. To step into your closet and open your heart and go there. I promise you will go from here off the charts in your walk with Christ. That's called abiding and remaining in him and his word. Which he said, if you don't do this, you'll bear no fruit. John 15. So you want to do the works of God? That's where you start. And when the heart opens, oh my goodness. So you see in Revelation 3, when he goes to the church of Laodicea, he had to rebuke them because their heart had gone really astray. It was very lukewarm. Because somewhere in there, they, they stopped that burning relationship. Right? So I'm going to give you a chance. You're lukewarm. I'd rather you be hot or cold. You know, we feed the flame around here. So I, you're lukewarm, so I will vomit you out of my mouth. And that's a stern warning for the house of the Lord. It wasn't written to the heathens. Because he's in love with you. He says, if you do this, I will come. I will come and I will be with you. I will habitate with you. I will bring revelation knowledge to you of who I am. And then you're toast. You're just undone again. And people say, well, I just got saved. I thought you were saved 30 years ago. Yes. <laughs> it's called a relationship. And oftentimes people want to put a person in that place. Or a denomination or religion in that place. Or vice. Or football. I don't care what it is. When he wants that place. He's called first love for a reason. You hear him? Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to look at verse 8. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 8. My subtitle above this says, Paul's trouble in Asia. <laughs> Understatement. He says, we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even of life. Yes, we had the sentence of death, where? In ourselves. That we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. You also helping together in prayer for us that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. 
This is loaded. In the work of the ministry, these, the Apostle Paul and the disciples of Christ are laboring. They're going through difficult times, persecution, facing principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness, going forward. God knows what all it is, okay? They had sentence of death upon them, and he nails it. This is where he went. I love his honesty. Because this dude soars with God. He says, we despaired even of life. We agreed with the sentence of death. And we found that we couldn't trust in ourselves. Look at how they're preaching themselves out. And then they believed in God who raises the dead. And then he delivered us from so great a death. And then as a matter of fact, he does deliver us. He says, you know what? And we trust that he will still deliver us. You see the increase? You see it? You see it? That's what it looks like. And by the way, then he brings in the body who've been interceding. And says, because you've been interceding, praying for us, we came back from the dead. We were able to complete our mission. So when I say, pray for me, I mean it. You get it? Pray for one another. Earnestly pray for one another. Because it can be between life and death. But that's what it looks like in the body of Christ to complete the work of the Lord. Not just so you can live till 80, your dream number. Our whole purpose of being here is to know God and to do his will. That's it. And out of that kingdom and life will happen. So much joy that just overtakes us. Go to 1 Peter 1. Rely upon a spirit of revelation knowledge of Jesus Christ. Yes, he says, rely. 1 Peter 1, we're going to close here. Verse 3. Good? He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Notice how many times this is said. How many times do we say it through the week? To an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that does not fade away and it's reserved in heaven for you, church who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. You can be grieved by other trials of other people. That the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Verse 8, whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with a joy inexpressible and full of glory receiving the end of your faith, which is the very salvation of your souls. 
these are spirit-breathed words. Who can write this but the Spirit of the Lord? Of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully who prophesied of the grace that would come to you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicated when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. Verse 12, to them it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us, they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things that angels desire to look into. So therefore, he says, gird up your loins of your mind. Be sober. Rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourself to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as, as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct. Wow. Because it is written, be holy for I am holy. And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, Conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay here in fear, knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold or from aimless conduct received by traditions from the fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Who through, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and your hope are in God. Where does it always come back around to? Your faith in God. And when we struggle in any respect, when we're growing, the Spirit is saying, reliant, this is where we're at right now in this moment. And we will grow in this, beloved. Amen? So let's stand up and let's pray. And if you need prayer over this, we'll pray for you up here. But I encourage you in your quiet time this week in your closet, you go there and you go here there with him, with this. Father, we thank you. We thank you and honor your life-giving words to us. We thank you that your word is living and full of power and hope. Thank you that it does not return void. I pray, Father, for everyone who hears this, Lord, that you please bless them. Open the eyes of our understanding. Help us to know the greatness of your power because we believe you. Open the eyes of our spiritual understanding that we may know you. Give us supernatural revelation knowledge of Jesus Christ today, while it's still called today. And may we grow closer and totally rely upon and depend upon that grace. Our hearts and our eyes are fixed on the light. 
And we know, Lord, that you will continue to empower us and as you show us your glory. And our hearts will be steadfast, rely upon your holiness and your blood, Jesus. And to the end, God, use us for your glory. Increase your kingdom through us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? All right. We'll be blessed. Again, if you need prayer, we will pray for you. This message was brought to you by the Garden Gathering Church, a family of spirit-filled believers in San Angelo, Texas. We long to encounter God's presence and equip the saints for the work of the ministry. If you'd like to find out more, go to www.thegardenstc.org to realize how the revelation of Jesus Christ can fulfill your mandate in the kingdom of heaven.